My name yeah. is Russ Shaw. It's my life. Long words, I guess. Have you ever loved someone so much you giving on for? Not the expression, no, literally giving on for. When they know they're your heart and you know you are their armor. This is ASI Attitudes of Sexual Integrity, episode 87. Distance in your eyes. I love that lyric. That voice was all I heard that I get what I deserve. Hello, listeners of the ASI podcast. This is Russ Shaw speaking to you from uh, somewhere in time, right? It's been a long time since you've heard my voice. This is the first show I've done in 2009. And in true ASI form, I am... I'm driving. I'm behind the wheel of the, uh, the the van here, doing what I do. So jump on in. Let's go for a ride. Let's go for a drive. All right. Uh, it's been a while since I. Oh wait, you got to put your seatbelt on. Hold on. There we go. All right. There you go. Anyhow, I. <laughs> I was kind of starting to sound like Mr. Rogers a little bit. Um. Anyways, this is. Sorry, that's an American cultural reference. Uh, I know all of you aren't going to get that. Anyhow, it's been a long time. Uh, first show I've done in 2009. Uh, give you a kind of a heads up where I've been, what's been going on. Do an update show here. And uh, let you know what the plans are for the future. Let you know who am I. What, what the heck have I downloaded? Some guy doing a recovery podcast driving around in his van. Asking me to put my seatbelt on. What the heck is that all about? What kind of madness is this? What kind of a madman am I listening to here? Uh, hold on a second. i got to turn some... There we go. Get a little bit chilly. It's October. It's October in Seattle, so... Crank up the, uh, the heat a little bit. Anyhow, I digress. It's been a long time. It's kind of this uncomfortable, ice-breaking deal that I have to do with you here to, uh, you know, take the edge off a little bit. We haven't seen each other in a while, and I don't know. Anyway, so it's kind of like this relationship I have with, with the listener. I don't know who you are or where you're at when you're listening, 
Maybe you've been listening since the, the beginning back in 05, or maybe you just started downloading the shows, and it's like I just dropped off the map and left all these shows up on the on the iTunes or uh, the Podbean or wherever you're listening to me out there in podcast land, your iPhone or, you know, the PSP. I don't know. My relationship with you as the listener. Where have I been? What have I been doing? Back on topic. Stick to the... Uh, put your hands on the wheel, right? Ten and two. Anyways. <laughs> I'm a little, I'm a little punchy today. It's been a long time. I've missed you, missed you guys. Who am I? What, what is this all about? Am I some kind of expert? No. Uh, I wanted to kind of clarify some of that, tell you the, the, you know, my credentials. My credentials is I am a disaster, self-proclaimed disaster. I'm less of a disaster than I was. I'll be honest. There's been some defining moments in my life uh, since you've heard my voice last. And I want to uh, move through some of that, kind of bring you up to date on some of that. But at the same time, uh, let you know that you're, you're not listening to some kind of uh, psychologist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a, a theologian. I'm not your pastor. Okay? I'm not a counselor. I'm not your... This is not digital counseling that you've downloaded here today. It's not what this is. Um... I'm just a guy on, on the journey, right? I'm just a guy like you who's been through uh, some addiction stuff in his life and has had some victory over it. And um, I will boast only in Christ, okay? And I want to kind of clarify what that means because I know that some of you uh, kind of intellectual types, uh, you, you download the show and your eyes just roll that, oh, this is going to be about religion. No, I, I can't stand religion. I really can't. Um, I know there's a lot of people in the church that listen, uh, and I kind of want to clarify some of that to both of you. Voltaire said that if, if God if God wasn't real, we wouldn't have had to invent him. You know, uh, Richard Dawkins wrote a book called the, the God Delusion and said that you know everybody that believes in God is just delusional, and they've had to create this some kind of delusion. Um, what I've really learned, and, and the evidence that I've been shown over time, is that. Uh, the real delusion is when we think we're God, okay? That's the, that's the truth. Addiction recovery is, is, a, is a tricky kind of thing, especially if you've been an addict and if you've been under an addiction that you just thought that you were hopeless under. And I've been there. Um, I've made a total wreck of my life. I've, uh, I've, uh, I've scarred the, the faith that my wife and my kids have had and who they see me as. The pain I caused my wife and, and my kids is very real. And that's some of the stuff with, you know, what the heck am I doing, right? This was my wife's idea to, to pick up the show again and for me to do, uh, to do this productive work, right? Something that's has an impact on others, but at the same time, it's you know talking about some of the pain that 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 the impact that I've made on my family through my selfishness, through my slim shady like attitude, and you know. 
I'm not. I'm not. I don't feel like I'm. I'm properly expressing or communicating to you the the level of, of screwed upness that it that it is to take something good that God gave me and to to use it to to climb inside like a shell, like a you know, like a golden freaking calf or, or whatever to to define me to to ooze with pride because I you know I don't know. I'm ripping down a, 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 a life that was built on lies and rebuilding one uh, built on truth is not easy. All right? It's not for, uh, it's, it's not for the weak, at, the faint at heart. Right? You're going to have to get on the treadmill and, and work out your heart to do that. But I'm not an expert, and I don't, I don't claim to be. If there's anything... In this show, I will boast in my infirmities. I will boast in how jacked up and messed up I've been. I will be honest with you. I will never be polished, okay? You're not going to see me uh, put on a, a suit and, and walk up and, and be Mr. Uh, salesman here, all right? That's not, what I, that's not my goal. That's never been the motivation of the show. The motivation of the show has been from raw, real, what does life look like, but also... What are the defining moments? What are ethics, really? You know, ethics and faith go hand in hand in the, in the part of the, the psyche that says, you know, there is no what? Ethics? Are you going to say that? That's, that's stupid. That's ridiculous. You can't see God and, and you can't see ethics either. So, opening this new chapter in the show, this new chapter in life, is, uh, is what I'm, I'm about to do here. So we're at the end, and at the same time, we're at the beginning of this misadventure. Why I had to go down a dead-end street at 200 miles an hour, screaming for vengeance and embracing death, that's something I'm still trying to figure out. You know, part of me thinks this is all some big master plan to expose the raw nerve endings of dysfunction so I can heal. But, you know, addicts, we think everything's about us, don't we? My healing, my pain, right? And the heart of that attitude is really, it's all about my comfort and my control. Man, it got so convoluted, polluted, and distorted, I ran with the only information I was given. I turned it into my armor, my defense mechanism, and my weapon of self-destruction. Yeah, I had a fucked up childhood, and I was a troubled teen. Those are facts. How I got there, that's a story told by many voices. It's not my job to blame anybody anymore. I just need to accept the path I was given. This is, without a doubt, my life after death. That is uh, 6 a.m. The band uh, Nikki Six, uh, bass player for Motley Crue, started that band. Wrote a book called The Heroin Diaries. Uh, I bought the book, uh, read some of the book. I uh, I lost lost the book somewhere in my home somewhere. Uh, this is a soundtrack to to the book The The Heroin Diaries, which is about his recovery from heroin back in the 80s. Um, 
one of those kind of King Solomon type of stories, right? Like, what guy, what, what is people pursuing? Um, those kind of stories I, I'm, I'm fascinated by. Eminem was the, uh, the song I played uh, at the beginning of the show. Have you loved someone so much you'd give an arm for? Is that lyric? Not an expression, no. Literally give an arm for. When you know they're your heart and you know that you're their armor. How many of us have felt like that? Love, right? I mean, I, if, if somebody could cut off my right arm and, and get rid of the addiction, I would have done that. A friend of mine called uh, wrote a book called Take a Bullet. Um a lot of us would take a bullet for our family. We would take a bullet for our wife. We would we would end our pain right there in taking that bullet. It would be easier for a lot of us to take a bullet being fired at our family and we'd jump in front of that bullet. I think most guys, most people in the sound of my voice would do that in a heartbeat. But will you and do you have the courage to take on yourself? Your own heart, your own want-tos, your own self-seeking, self-gratifying, what you sacrifice for your version of peace and comfort. Right? How deep does it have to go? Anyhow, Nikki Six uh, wrote a, uh, the, the album is great. The book, uh, I'll be honest with you, for some of you uh, on the compulsive stages of your sexual addiction, um, the book is going to be triggery. There's some pictures in there. They're PG-13 type of pictures, but um, some of his dialogue on, on sex and stuff like that. I mean, the guy was a, a rock star, right? So uh, I will... Uh, tell you the the book with with that preface uh, might not be healthy for you at this time to read the book i do encourage you to 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 buy the album um buy the cd too because i you also in buying the cd are are uh, helping to support a nonprofit called the covenant house in la that helps uh teen runaways homeless teens um it's just a great cause I, i love that uh Love that cause in L.A. Uh, Nikki Six, not a Christian, but I think very close, right? And, I, and I, when I say Christian, I mean Christ-centered Christian. There's a difference between that and just religious Christianity, which I uh, despise. It's not really Christianity at all. Um, but there, there's re- there's certain revelations that the guy has had, and you hear that come out in his music. It's just truth. Some of the stuff I've been uh, doing while I'm gone, I still drive a lot, and I still uh, listen to podcasts. I, I've not been listening to as many podcasts as I've been uh, downloading college courses and listening to them. I listen to uh, some courses uh, by the Reformed Theological Seminary. They have all of their lectures and stuff up online for free. It's awesome. So I listened to a course on uh, the, the theology of C.S. Lewis, which was awesome. Uh, I'm currently listening to a, a course on ethics uh, by by Professor Frank, <laughs> pretty cool guy. A lot of really cool things in that class. Um, Reformed theology is, uh, in case you haven't noticed, I'm Reformed in theology. But something that C.S. Lewis said that that really caught my attention was uh, 
you know, people would ask him, well, why don't you just give people religion? It's just easier to understand. Just give people easy to understand bonehead religion. You know, when he was talking about theology, and he said theology is the science of God, right? Is there a God? And I, philosophy has, people have said that the same definition in philosophy, if there is a God, what is his nature, right? It's, it's the same thing with theology. Um, I'm not a theologian, right? I'm not, I'm not clergy. Um, but part of me conquering myself is understanding this, uh, this process. Uh, uh, what is light? What is darkness? What is there? What is the gray area? And where is it black and white? You know, where is uh, what? What are ethics? What does it mean to live? I mean, really live. And what does it mean to die? What 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 is uh, the um, the movie um mer- movie I encourage you to see uh, came out a few weeks ago where the wild things are I love this movie uh, so much of what's lost in, in a lot of religious teaching and a lot of uh, secular psychology you could call it that right psychological psych the science of studying the mind. Is, is lost on this this idea of just where your heart you know the heart of a child right where where does joy come from where do you, where do you burst with with wow that's that's cool that's awesome like you know five year old kids you I, I have a video of my friend my neighbor uh, he's in high school now but when he was like five years old he he got a pack of Pokemon cards for his birthday and just went nuts man he just woo jumped up and down and started doing this little dance around in a circle and it was just awesome <laughs> I still have that video somewhere but uh, you know that's that's one of the things about life that when when is living where when, where is where the wild things are and what are we trying to keep a hold of and what are we trying to, to you know wh- where are we childlike and where are we childish and, and what you know what does it mean to have the, the faith of a child right? Jesus uh, says, "What his disciples ask him? What, what is varsity? Right? What, what is the CEO, or what is a, a the highest plane you can reach in, in being a, a, a disciple, a Christian, a real, real Christ-centered Christian?" And, and Jesus says, uh, he grabs a little kid and he puts him in his lap and says, uh, like this, and then he raises the stakes a little bit. He says, "Unless you can become like this." You're, you're not even worthy. You're not. You don't get it. You don't understand. Not that you're not worthy of salvation. I mean, we're all saved by grace alone, which we understand what that means. But you know, what, what you know, going back to the to the subject is what. Where are the the wild things in your life? What makes you feel alive? Where is joy? And is a lot of our life just sacrificed to try and keep a hold of this joy? To keep this thing running? How, how deep does it go? It's one of the biggest things I've learned is that God is so open to listening to my, my little kid heart, right? Not necessarily my agenda or my list of demands to, that would make me more comfortable, but just my, my heart. What drives me? What? Who are these other people that are close to me, and, and how much do I love them? And what? What would I really 
give to, to shine that kind of where the wild things are kind of light of life uh, to them and what does that all mean the maturity of Eminem is uh, something that I I, I laugh uh, Slim Shady is this kind of alter ego that he's uh, had in his album Slim Shady I mean Eminem jacked up uh, past jacked up childhood the way that he learned right the information he was given and the maturity of the guy his last album is called Relapse uh, it, I, of course I don't agree with everything Eminem says of course I I, I look at some of the stuff that um, some of his music and, and yeah there's a lot of jacked up stuff in there that comes from a lot of hurt and pain but check this out I, I love this tune this uh, this is Eminem's dream, and it's a lot of. Uh, check this out. I, I love this song. This, especially this part of the song. Sweden, I followed you, Daddy. You told me that you were leaving. You lied to me, Dad, and now you made mommy sad. And I bought you this coin. It says number one, Dad. That's all I wanted. I just wanna give you this coin. I get the point. Fine, me and mommy are going. But baby, wait. It's too late, Dad. You made the choice. Now go out there and show them that you love them more than us. That's what they want. They want you, Marshall. They keep screaming your name. It's no wonder you can't go to sleep. Just take another pill. Yeah, bet you you will. You rap about it. Yeah, word. Can keep it real. I hear applause. All this time I couldn't see. How could it be that the curtain is closing on me? I turn around, find a gun on the ground, cock it, put it to my brain, scream, die, shady, and pop it. The sky darkens, my light flashes. The plane that I was supposed to be on crashes and burns to ashes. That's when I wake up, alarm clock's ringing. There's birds singing, it's springing. Haley's outside swinging. I walk right up to Kim and kiss her, tell her I miss her. Haley just smiles and winks at her little sister, almost as if to say, it was my uh, kids that shared that song with me. My kids are, are teenagers. My daughter is uh, almost 20. My son is is 14. Um, but that that lyric, you know, I, I I love that, and that that tune is a, is awesome, an awesome picture of that. I always saw suicide as. Uh, you know that's just a long-term solution to a, to a short-term problem, but at the same time, there's there's parts in, in all of us that we see on the surface that you know physical stuff that comes flowing out of us that just needs to die, right? It's fall right now, leaves are falling. Uh, Halloween, right? In the United States, Halloween's this uh, this celebration of death. You know, churches like to set up this, it's the fall harvest and come to our Halloween alternative. You know, I think there's something about celebrating death. I think there's something good about it, something redemptive about it, be honest with you. It's part of the uh, chorus of the song where he says, uh, 
then when I'm gone, just carry on, don't mourn. You know, there's parts of us that, that no one's going to mourn that part of us, right? It's kind of like the bad guy in the movie, you know, who you're just, you just want some guy to sh that dude, right? I mean, it's like, you know, I think we've all been there. The, the cop in the movies who got, got his, you know, his crosshairs on the bad guy, and you're just like, shoot him, you know? You hear yourself saying that, shoot him! I love that lyric where he says, I, I've got one more chance to do what's right, and it's tonight. Now go out there and show you show them you love them before it's too late. Defining moments are, are, are daily, right? When we choose to show our love, when, when I choose to show my love, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a hypocrite when I, I put into the show so much time that I, I can't show my kids I love them. That I'm showing them that I love the show more than them. That I'm, uh, I'm so focused on that. Like, I've had to put put a gun to the, to that guy and and kill that attitude. And it's something that I have to do every time I do this. Every time I read an email, um, which I'm not going to be doing real right off soon. If you guys send email, you can send email to Russ at asi247.org. I'm not going to be reading those right away. I have like a year's worth of uh, email I haven't read, and I'm still. Uh, Getting behind the wheel of this is going to take me listening to some authority in my life. Um, I, I'm on my third church, right, since I started this show. I think that has a lot to do with me. You've got one more chance to do what's right, and it's tonight. Now go out there and show them you love them before it's too late. Simple plan. Uh, angry punk band, right? End of the, the 90s, early 2000s. Somewhere in that neighborhood, they were real big. But I remember their album cover was just a picture of a house, right? Mom, dad, and a kid. Simple plan. It's a simple plan, right? In the movie Where the Wild Things Are, we first see the uh, the creature, the, the big uh, monster-like creature, uh, Carol. And he's uh, he's destroying people's houses. <laughs> just just kind of having fun. Wrecking people's homes. Uh, the other monsters in the thing. If you if you have kids, uh, take your kids. But if they're under like seven, I would, uh, yeah, I, I I would freak them out. I think the movie's gonna freak out smaller kids. So some discretion in there. You know, if your kids are seven or older, I think they'll like it. But uh, the movie has some really great heartfelt type of stuff in there. How do we demonstrate love? Was that uh, part of the Bible? The most famous verse in the Bible is John three sixteen. That God demonstrates His love by uh, sending His Son to die on the cross. Right? I, I believe that. That's not just uh, it's something that works for me. Okay. I, I don't get that. I got a lot of emails like, "Oh, well, that Christian thing works for you. That's great for you." Well. Light, light works for me too. So does water. So does air. You know, it works for you too. It's, it's, it's just everywhere. Um, how do? You, that's one of the, the the Christian concept of grace is is so not about religion, um, and it's so missed by by everybody. It's it's just weird. God demonstrates His love by 
not making everything comfortable for us, right? By not just giving us our agenda. I, I got emails from, you know, when I talked about the sexual abuse and stuff like that. And, oh, yeah, you just need to give up on that Jesus stuff. See, that's just, just not true. You know, all that pain and hurt and death. There's a real loving God. Why would he let that kind of stuff happen? Well, there's a ripple effect that happens with everything that we do. God didn't make robots. He didn't make robots. And we we make our choices. And there's a ripple effect that takes place. And that's another thing that C.S. Lewis wrote a book called uh, The Problem of Pain. And listen, if God, the creator of the universe... Right, the creator of light and water and air and, and everything, the stars, it, it came to Earth, entered time and space. You know, you hear people say, "Oh, well, who made God?" Okay, God made time and space. Uh, time and space are not a thing that God is governed by; they're a thing that He made. Okay, that's mind-bending, I know, but it's the truth. And when He entered time and space as a man, how did He demonstrate His love? By giving you a cookie and making all your dreams come true? I mean, there's nothing wrong with having dreams, but if those dreams are so surface level in material wealth that they starve your family of you, of your growth, of your maturity, of being able to love at a deeper level. When I was, uh, you know, in my 20s, I, I said that I would make uh, $100,000 a year before, but by the time I was 40. And now I'm 41, and I don't make $100,000 a year. And I had a lot of times where I came close to realizing some of my dreams, right? But I know now, looking back, that that wouldn't have been the best thing for me. And that sometimes pain is part of the deal. Sometimes that suffering is just part of the deal. That's just how it is. To make you grow deeper, to make you realize there's something deeper going on that you can love and have your kids trust you and 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 you know and I fail every day but I'm getting better I'm a lot better than I was a year ago there's there's time passing now God loves you he's not going to send you out to play in the street you have a legacy it's it's your family right it's carrying our cross daily, you know, our loved ones. Why is what? Why is it the people we love the most we treat the worst, right? With our actions, opening your eyes to what you're. Wh- who are you? Who are you going to be today? How are you going to show your love? Had to turn the windshield wipers on. It started to rain, rain hard here. I'm not trying to get too intense on you, right? I'm just. I just want to state facts, right? It's not, it's not wicked or sinful to, to want comfort. It, it's not bad to, to want some peace in your life. But when those things become ultimate, right? When those things become so big that you start pushing your family out, you start treating them like crap. You, you know, it's it, wouldn't it wouldn't it make sense that we would have to suffer? And, and have to go through some pain to, to have our vision changed a little bit, to, to change what we focus on, what our desire really is, to see. 
in the last season of shows, I talked a lot about, you know, you get you get knocked down, you get back up. And there's truth to that, man. You get knocked down, you get back up. Then you have a new plan and you and you go in a, in, in a direction. But what where? Where are you going? And I think there's there's you need a man, you need a regenerated heart. And I want to talk more about that in this new season. I'm not perfect, all right? I've been blind. I mean, people, that's the criticism, right? That you're a blind guide, Russ. You don't know what you're talking about. My family's a lot less of a mess than it was. I'm a lot less of a mess than I was. I'm not as blind as I was back in 2001. Big time. I can see way better. No more glaucoma. And I'm still learning, man. I'm still learning to see better. I'm still, I'm still checking my desires. I'm still checking my attitudes. So it, it takes a little bit more than just having a plan. It takes a new heart, right? The heart, the will, the motions, the mind. Roots to fruit, right? From roots to branches to fruit. From spirit to emotions to your logical brain. I think you can have a great plan and you can enter that plan with with a lot of, uh, you know, passion. But without a transformed heart, without a new why, you can do it with a cold heart. You can do it with a self-centered heart. I'm not anti-12-step. I think it's a great plan. But why do you do the plan? That's what I want you to focus on. And if you just have a why, like, oh, I really want to change, Russ, and then you don't have a plan, then it's just empty-headed. You have an empty, you have a great will, but what are you going to do now? And then when you start doing it, you're like, you know, ah, this is hard. This is kind of hard. You know, real Christ-centered Christianity is built on news. Okay? News. C.S. Lewis said in his book, The Problem with Pain... You know, isn't it a point that we would suffer? If God came to earth to give us grace because he first loved us, now we can love, right? I mean, doesn't it, isn't it the point that we would suffer and maybe suffer a little more to mature and to love at a deeper level, to be able to give the concept of grace, to be able to love at that depth. Wouldn't it make sense that we would suffer even more? If I if I said, um, just send me your, your mailing address, and I'll send you a bottle of this water, right? And if you drink this water, you won't be a, a, an addict anymore. Well, that'd be great news, wouldn't it? You'd send your freaking money in or whatever, you'd give me your address, and I'd send off this, this water problem is that news is false. You've been sold a bill of goods. And it's it wasn't true. It was just religion. So don't tell me that you've heard this before or, or if that works for you. It didn't work for me. Listen, what didn't work for you is some voodoo ideology that was wrapped up in a bottle and had Jesus' picture slapped on the front of it. And it was called Christianity. Alright? And it was sold to you as snake oil. 
Real Christ-centered Christianity is not snake oil. But it is news. When I did the show last year, um, speaking of blindness, and having my vision improved since uh, the last time you heard my voice, back in August of 08, I started to walk in a sort of swagger and a sort of pride that just smelled like Russ, right? Just smelled like me. And one of the biggest symptoms of having a cold heart, this coldness that starts to set in on the heart, is a lack of humility. It's walking in pride, like I, like I know everything. You know, I had my rants on, on religion and my rants against the church. And, you know, I, I just started to see that after a while I had, you know, getting in arguments with people who just didn't understand justification, right? I just didn't understand what, you know, what makes them saved is not their behavior. It's, it's the work of the cross. But I just, I just learned and I, I started to see myself as having a, you know, having a guy that talks a good talk, right? I could talk a great talk. I can study and I can look into stuff, but I can also have a heart that's miles from God. Just miles away from him. Me, okay? Crying, whining, freaking out, right? Having this microphone in my face like some kind of man binky, you know? And that's the, the concept of the Holy Spirit, right, that I haven't talked about. And that isn't snake oil. And I know this might sound weird to you. I'm talking about deep spiritual truth here. And it's not just this whacked out snake oil religion that you've seen before. It's praying out your heart. It's saying, God, I don't want to do these things. I really don't. Not just your behavior, but your whys. Does that make sense? Underneath your behavior. Like, one of my prayers is, God, help me love my family better. Help me love my, my wife better. Help me, give me a new heart. Give me a new want to when I don't want to. You know, it's... It's, it's, it's changing. And I'm not as blind as I was even a year ago. I'm not as blind as I was six months ago. I actually want to take on the responsibility to love and pursue my wife's heart. To pursue the hearts of my kids. And I'm slowly learning what that means. Alright? I want to nurture my, my wife and my kids with humility. And not always want my agenda and my peace and my comfort. But it's also not getting bitter when she's not growing as fast as I want her to. When my kids aren't, aren't growing and becoming as mature as I'd, I'd like them to, as, as fast as I want them to. So what are you saying, Russ, that your uh, wife and your kids aren't mature as you'd like them to be? Um, no, what I'm saying is that at times I can be a graceless control freak. Right, like I want them to grow on my time, and I want them to be want to do what I want to do, and everybody to be in in line and in harmony with what I want. Then it's it's not about that. And listen, no one's gonna cry at the funeral of of the graceless control freak in me. Okay, when that guy dies, 
when I can put that thing to death. You know, leading my family with intimidation instead of love. No one's going to mourn that branch when it falls to the ground, right? When that cluster leaves, curls up and dies. When those skeletal bones are displayed on Halloween, right? That's a good thing to have that die. No one's going to cry at the funeral of the graceless control freak in me. So that's that's heart level praying and asking the Holy Spirit to give you a new heart, give you new desires, new passion. A prayer for patience. That's a heart change. That changes your motivation, changes your outlook on how you see your wife and your kids. Give me patience to love them as they mature. When I get knocked down and I get back up, help me have a new plan so I don't just keep getting back up and getting knocked down for years. Lord, help me love better. That's the good news, that there actually is a Holy Spirit that will change you from the inside out. I so want you to understand that it's not snake oil. So what I want to accomplish with the show is, is not for it to be my freaking man binky, first of all, right? Not be childish, put childish things behind me. But to still have that, that childlike, where the wild things are, faith. I just, I just want to create in, in, in a place where you can be honest about where you are spiritually. Right? If you don't believe in love, if you don't if you don't believe in all this stuff, if you don't see love as that, if you just think it's a bunch of circuits clicking off in your mind, you can be honest about that. I want this to be a place where you can you know, you can come to me as a safe place and say, you know what, Russ, I love Jesus and and I've been in ministry and I, but I'm, my heart is is miles miles away from God. I got a crooked, cold heart. So looking for people who are honest. You know, I mean, there's this myth in in Western culture that being a, a guy, being a man, for example, has to do with this surface image and, and how much money you make and how what, what kind of crap you can accumulate. And, you know, oh, Russ, I love my wife. I bought her a, you know, $1,000 diamond ring or, you know, I bought my kid a tuition for freaking Yale and a BMW and that makes me a man. Yeah, it's a little more than that, man. It's a little more than that. Those are great things, but you know what? There's some depth to If you can't accomplish those things, you think you're less of a man. I mean, there's... It's like, you know, maybe keeping up with the Joneses is just evil. You know? It's this toxic attitude of, of having to keep up with, the you know, what the neighbors have and buy the crap that they got or try and one-up them or something like that. What if that's just evil? What if it's just toxic for your soul? And what if you could just be your silly, regular, joy-filled self? Even if you don't keep up. Even if you don't got the crap that your neighbors have. Even if your kids aren't going to the schools that your, your neighbors are. What if you could just be you? Just be you, silly, having fun, right? 
where the wild things are. You. What if you could just live like that? What if that old covetous gotta keep up, you know, gotta keep this image crap just died like a leaf falling off a tree? There's something deeper going on. There's being dad. There's being a nurturer. There's being that strong arm of security. I'm really convinced. Here's a, here's a cool quote for you, and it's absolutely true. It has to do with courage. The opposite of courage in our society is not cowardice. It's conformity. And there's, you know, if you have these two-inch deep surface relationships and... I don't get it. It's not depth. Does anybody really know you on a deeper level, on what defines you, right? It's being honest about what's in your soul despite the crowd you hang out with, right? The greater part of what my neighbors call good, I believe in my soul to be bad. And if I repent of anything, it is likely to be of my good behavior. What demon possessed me that I may behave so well. That's by Henry David uh, Thoreau. There's this part in Luke where Jesus says, I've disguised and hidden these things from the wise and the learned and have revealed them to little children. You know, it's, it's like my neighbor kid. Why are we as adults so embarrassed to just have fun, just be filled with joy, right? Like my neighbor, I gave him a, a pack of Pokemon cards when he was like five years old. I got a video of this. It's awesome. And he just, wow, just joy, just freaking flowing out of his heart, like freaking out, jumping up, doing a little dance. I got him spinning around, dancing around. He's in high school now, right? I'm using this using this video as like leverage, right? <laughs> mess with me, dude. I'll put this on freaking YouTube. But uh, it's, it, I'm kidding. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. But it, it's just that, that childlike joy, right? Is it going to be that kind of life? Or is it going to be you freaking out at the mall and throwing your freaking sippy cup against the wall and, you know, f- pissing all over the place? Grabbing mine, right? From your wife. It's my time. My this, you know, not... What, how are you going to demonstrate love? And I know, I talked about last year, you know, you're living on the inside out, right? Do you have the courage to live on the inside out? No, I didn't. I didn't. Some of the time I didn't. There was a season where I just, man, I didn't. I was an outside-in guy for a little while there. Hypocrisy, Right? But I'm going to be honest, man. I'm not the king, right? There's the scene in the uh, Where the Wild Things Are movie where they, the little boy that runs away becomes king of, the, of these, uh, these monster, friendly monster-like creatures, right? And uh, they make him their king. And later on in the in the film, that you know things get all messed up, and, and and they realize he's not the king. I know, spoiler alert, right? And it's predictable. You knew it was going to happen. Um, anyway, he's he's not the king, right? He says, "I'm I'm not the king. You know, I'm just a dude wanting to live with passion, wanting to live with fun, wanting to live with other folks and and community and knowing each other and accepting each other and wanting to to live in that and." The, the chicken guy, 
in the in the film says, uh, "Oh well, you know, there's there's no king. That's there is a king. There is a king, but I'm not him. There is a king, and his name is Jesus, and he sits on a throne, and he created the heavens and the earth. And over time, and over really digging out my heart and what really motivates me." Jesus set me free from sexual addiction. And he's still setting me free of other stuff. And and I'm not perfect. And I'm still learning. And I'm still growing. But I'm willing to lay my trophies aside. And this show... um, Listen, the show takes money to, to stay afloat. And... I, uh, you know, being responsible with that. If I'm going to do this, I have to be responsible. And how I've spent the money that people have donated. I used it to buy some time. I used it to pay uh, for some music that you've heard on the show. I used it to pay for the, the bandwidth every month, right? The the hosting fees. and It's about 26 bucks a month. And... You know, on the twentieth, that bill comes up, and I'm I'm willing to lay it aside, man. I'm willing to let the thing go down if it's just me blabbing. And listen, when I say let it go, I'm not talking about um, burying my talent in the ground. You know, there's a story that Jesus tells about the the three talents, and I don't have time to go into it. If you're curious, uh, look it up. But uh, if if this show is really not just about entertainment, right? Like I always had hoped that that my story, that me telling my my story here would be, um, would influence life change. Maybe because I'm good with words, I I attract me other people who are good with words, and I've got really great emails, uh, and, and I have had people who are very generous give, but at the same time. Um, you haven't heard my voice in a year and a half, and I did sound like a passive victim the last time you heard my voice on episode 85. And I have learned a lot, and I do have a lot more to say, but at the same time, I don't want to be like one of these uh, morons at the singing competitions, right? Like you see on TV, some of these talent competitions where some person who cannot even sing at all thinks that they can, you know? There's a lot to that with your talents. You, You might think you're talented in a certain area. But Russ, your show is so popular and you have so many listeners. Well, so did William Hung, right? In the United States, uh, American Idolist, this singing competition, uh, was actually copied from a show in the UK. I think there's a similar show in uh, in Australia as well. But William Hung was this guy whose audition was so incredibly bad that he became popular. <laughs> I mean, he, he sold records just because he was hilarious. And maybe that really is what's maybe good about this, is that... What's funny is when Christian, quote, Christian leaders think that they are uh, the hero. And really my um, realization in this American Idol analogy is that I also, listen, 
I also listen. I listen to classes by uh, Reformed Theological Seminary. I also listen to sociology classes uh, at Berkeley, who they also have all their stuff posted online on iTunes U for free. So there's that as well. Um, there's a uh, there's something that I was kind of uh, brought to my realization and opened my eyes to that a lot of people listen to ASI as like they like they view porn, right? I mean, a lot of you listen at work from, you know, I mean, just the same hours as people look at porn, they, they download the show. I don't know if you listen on your way home or, I, I, I don't know. Um, but there's thousands of people who listen. And basically there's, there's, there's something in the social sciences that says that uh, when something is privately unpopular but publicly accepted, right, I guess I use money because, A, the, the thing costs money to keep online, and, B, it's like, you know, even a dollar. The, the 26 out of the thousands of you who listen paid a dollar. That would pay for the, the hosting fees for a month, right? And on a heart level, is this thing um, as accepted? Is it is it privately accepted enough for you to go to the website ASI247.org and donate even a, a dollar. Is it is it that privately accepted? I also know how much your heart is tied to your wallet. Okay, two big gauges, and what drives you are a money and b time. Now you have a job where you work eight to ten hours a day, and you may not like your job, but that time you spend there buys you money, right? You spend that money on what is important to you, your home, your family, your toys, whatever it is. And so while you may judge me for trying to raise money for the show, and I know a lot of you will, so I, I, I want you to hear me out, that I'm not trying to make a million bucks off the show, but at the same time, um, there's war going on. And the war for sexual integrity is really for the deep, soul-affirming, I-get-you-you-get-me, naked and unashamed, in-relationship victory, right? And the porn industry has a very well-financed, well-organized machine, and is one of the few voices for sexual integrity out there. It is a battle. And listen, it's not a battle against the men and women in the porn industry. Um, they are the battlefield. Okay? They're not the enemy. But what they are sacrificing their lives over to, this industry, this industry, this entity known as the porn business, the sexual worker industry, they're even calling it now that, it is relationship eroding, intimacy rotting that has billions at its disposal to keep its message going. So thanks to my wife, my dear wife, who has given me the nod to go ahead and get back up on my feet, try and do this thing again. I will promise you that I will not fall for my own version of pluralistic ignorance again. I'll fillet my heart open for public consumption once again. I just want to know if I have your support. 
But I have to be honest, man. I'm not the king. I'm not... I'm not Optimus Prime. I'm not William Wallace. I'm not Rocky Balboa. Okay? I'm not the hero. Jesus is. And maybe some of you need to consider Jesus, right? I'm not trying to shove the Jesus pill down your throat. I'm not. But listen, maybe you need to consider that you know, you're not God. You're not the hero. You may love your family, but you're not their armor. Sure, we're their protectors, right? We're men especially. We protect our kids, protect our wives, protect our, our families, protect our moms, young men, protecting your sisters. and, and I, But as far as armor goes, man, there's stuff that happens that you, they're just out of your control. It's just out of your control, and you have to be able to accept some of that. Loving unconditionally. Uh, C.S. Lewis wrote a book called The The Four Loves. And the four loves are the four different loves of the Greek language. Um, English language has one word for love. It's just love, which is weird. But uh, it's a great book. Um, Another reformer that I love, a guy who... uh, impacted culture greatly here in the United States. That's theology, right? When the science of God meets culture, when truth impacts culture in a big way, especially with with ethics. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. Love this guy. Reformer, right? They brought the Bible out and and really read it for the message that, that Jesus wants us to understand in it. And here's here's what he said, and this goes to uh, you know he's talking to to men and women who are being persecuted, right? He's talking to men and women who are are being beaten, have it, their houses bombed, their churches bombed, and, and he and he pulls off this huge civil rights movement without any violence. Here's here's what he said. Um, this is from the I Have a Dream speech, actually. And, you know, he's talking to the people who are part of the movement of civil rights. And he's talking to them about what to do, right, how to love. And he's talking about the Greek uh, word agape, unconditional love. And he says this, Agape is understanding a creative, redemptive love for all men. It's an overflowing love which seeks nothing in return. It is the love of God operating in the human heart. When one rises to this level of love, on this level, he loves a man not because he likes him, but because God loves him. He's speaking to people who are suffering greatly. Speaking to people who may have lost a loved one, may have lost a, a child, right? At speaking to them about the love of God through pain. And some of you may have had some serious loss in your life, and, and some of you may be going through some really serious pain and, and struggle right now, especially if you're dealing with this addiction, there's symptoms underneath the 
the surface and there's things going on that, you know, maybe you're running from God, maybe you're angry at God and He He loves you and, and part of your jacked up place that you're in right now is 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 because you don't understand maybe check this out this is um, from second peter chapter 1 um but he says this he says um in verse 5 for this very reason make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure they will keep you from being ineffective unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleaned from his past sins. We need Jesus. Jesus died on the cross so you don't have to deal and burden yourself with all this guilt and shame. He already paid it. Jesus paid it. And what that means is something so much deeper than just mere words can can explain. This whole show is is based on on that, right? From goodness to to self control to perseverance. I can't be good. Why can't I be good? Knowledge, learning to perseverance, to to growing through just getting knocked down and getting back up and learning more to understanding who you are after persevering and you get to that agape love, right? You open your eyes and you die to that old part of you that just wants to be pissed off all the time, just wants to be alone and shove people out. The website is asi247.org. My name is Russ Shaw. Uh, If you'd like to leave a donation, just uh, click on the donate button right there on the website. I'm going to be updating uh, some of the the website. I'll have a Facebook soon. I don't at the current moment, but I'm on Twitter, right? Russ Shaw, I think, just one word. Or is it C. Russ Shaw? I can't remember, but... At any rate, I love every single one of you who are listening. I pray for you. I'm putting the show in, in God's hands. And if you feel led to give, give. If you don't, pray. And listen, if you pray for me, okay? I really believe that a fire alarm goes off in hell somewhere when I pick up this microphone. Pray for my family. Pray for me. Thanks for listening. And until the next time, when and if you hear my voice again, Alive, bye. Just a-